You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 76 of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Clavier, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie Lieberman. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Mary. So before we get to today's guest, I have a, um, how do I put this? <laughs> I have a story to share with you mm. about about my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And their obsession like, with food. I feel, like I, may be, I feel like I may be able to add to this conversation <laughs> yeah. about our children. You, so you definitely You, you definitely start. Can. You start. <laughs> so my daughter, the older one, she's she's really into now making sure that she has whatever it is that the younger one has. Like everything has to be even or she has to have more. Like she always gets dibs first. She's going through like a phase, right? Well, maybe it's going to be a phase that lasts the rest of her life. I don't know. But last night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It might. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's happening. And You're by like, phase, you mean a lifetime. <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> so last night they were they were eating strawberries and the the last strawberry was there. We said, "Okay, you'll share the last strawberry." So Remy goes to cut the strawberry and Evie whispers in my ear like without even a pause and she says, "Make sure I get the bigger piece." <laughs> yep. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like <laughs> Now you get the smaller piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told my dad and he was like, you should take a bite first and then split it with her <laughs> and see what she does. It's like, oh, yeah, she'll flip out. <laughs> Do you want to hear how diabolical I was as a kid? Yeah. I, I have a younger sister who's five years younger than me. Sorry to her. And um, <laughs> when we were kids, we would get like a big bowl of strawberries or fruit or whatever. And I'd say to her, hey, which one do you want? And she'd point it out to me and then I'd eat it. Eat it. Uh -huh. That's so terrible. It's, it's just <laughs> cruel. But the problem was she fell for it every, every single time. She didn't learn. I mean, you know, I was five years older, so I did have a bit of an advantage. Yeah. yeah. But it was like psychological warfare. Yeah. It was so. Well, she, do, she does that all the time. Like she thinks and then she tries to sneak because we take turns getting in, getting them ready in the morning. Like mm -hmm. one one gets to brush their teeth first. The other one, I brush their hair first because uh, otherwise it's like, you know, chaos. chaotic. Well, you don't have the hair thing. So you're lucky about that. No, I do not. But So she'll try to like sneak in and try to take both things first. And like, <laughs> oh, no. 
it's not your turn for this one. You yeah. you just brushed your teeth first. Like, but yeah. every day she tries. Mine do that too. Yeah. Although this morning I walked in and my little one had his hand in the toilet. So um, I feel like you may be winning. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you? What? Why is your hand in the toilet? He's like, I dropped something in there. I was like, what? It's gone. Like the rule in the house is if something falls in the toilet, you just don't get it back. Yeah. So, so the difference in my house with two girls is it drops in the toilet they do not even attempt to get it from the toilet. You just hear like a scream, like, mommy, papa, like, you know, and what happened? And then they're like, my Lego's in the toilet. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, no, no, no. Hands. Yeah, no, that would not. use tools. One time the little one came and got a ladle. I was like, where are you going with that? (laughs) He goes, oh, something fell in the toilet. I wanted to scoop it. I was like, nothing like kitchen supplies oh going God. into the toilet. Sometimes they go and get tongs. Like just they pull my tongs out. I was like, uh-uh. I don't even want to think about what you're potentially doing with that. So just bring it back. He goes, I need it. I was like, are you cooking? He goes, I'll give it back. Sometimes they look at me and they're like, I don't even want to tell you what I had planned. <laughs> so I'm just going to slowly give you whatever I've taken and back away. Yeah. Or, or my like, big one will say something I won't hear him. I'm like, what'd you say? And then he gets this look on his face. He goes, never mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, now too. you have to tell me. He goes, I don't want to tell you. I can't tell you. I should not tell you. Abby <laughs> says nothing. I said nothing. Nothing. Like, oh, really? My hearing's not that bad yet. Yeah, exactly. I, I heard that you spelled the F word. <laughs> Meanwhile, my little one knows, does not know how to read yet because, you know, he's only five, but right. he knows how to spell the F word. <laughs> So there's that. I don't even want to talk about why he knows the F word, but I will say there is a child in his class who taught it to him. And we say her name the same way Seinfeld used to say Newman. (laughs) They learn everything from school. What they learn, they learn from school. Yeah, exactly. It's always from school. This morning, my big one asked me if I thought that babies could have a six pack. I was like, I don't... I don't know. How do you respond to that? I don't know. You say, I'm not sure. <laughs> he goes, can you ask Siri if babies can have a six pack? Oh, my God. It's like, why well, do you know about Siri and Alexa pack? are taking over. Yeah. Can we ask Google? I'm like, you cannot, yeah. you're not allowed to ask Google anything unless I'm there. Right. Because you want to know what they're listening to. Well, they sometimes ask questions that are not appropriate. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. And then, and then whoever works on the other end listening to it listening to everyone's did you see that article yes 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 how they're like overhearing conversations we (laughs) mute it all the time but i feel like the mute is irrelevant yeah i'm pretty sure they're probably entertained by whatever your kids are saying they're definitely tuning in what was that there was a show oh my gosh now i can't remember what the show was and there were people in the nsa they were just oh was it the good wife there was a show where like literally there was like a side I don't know if it was the good way. I didn't, I didn't, I watched that show, but not all the time. So I think it was. And all they did was they had like a side, you know, storyline where there were two people from the NSA where they were just listening to the entire, like the characters talking. Well, yeah. And I was like, in theory, I mean, it would be mostly boring, but every once in a while, I feel yeah. like if someone were actually listening in on the conversations that we had in my house. Totally. Something they'd be entertained. Oh. I'm, yeah. I'm often scared by it. 
I don't know about entertained. We've totally got off track. Nobody knows what this episode's about at all. We're just like thinking about crazy children. Who Who's on today, Mary? So we have Maggie Patterson on today, Aww. which I'm sure I'm sure Maggie will relate to all of this because children come up in our conversations too whenever I talk to her. So Aww, I love Maggie Patterson. She's fantastic. She's impressive. Also, she um, is. She's just. Yeah, and I I think one of my favorite things about Maggie is that she she really tells it like it is and she's just very open book and simply says it. So, you know, what you see is what you get. And that is literally what I would say. That's so funny. That is right? exactly how I would describe Maggie. Right? Isn't it fantastic? She leads with kindness, but she yeah. is like no she's I I appreciate that so much. A few people have said to me at one time or another that I can be direct. Uh, it's crazy, I know. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Isn't that nuts? I was like, me? That is so surprising. No, me direct? <laughs> Maggie is as well, and I always appreciate a, a direct kindred spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are, I can totally see that. You're, yeah. you're similar in that way. But yeah, so we had her on to talk all about branding, Ooh. rebranding specifically, um, and what it's like. So if you don't know Maggie, let me tell you a little more about her. Maggie Patterson is a communication strategist, business growth consultant, and the principal consultant at Scoop Studios and the creator of Small Business Boss. With two decades of experience, Maggie has spent her entire career in client services and has been a successful entrepreneur for over 10 years. Today, she works with online and small business owners to help them implement smart strategies for business growth using proven marketing and sales techniques. She's the host of the Small Business Boss podcast, has been on stage at events such as New Media Expo, Podcast Movement, and the Conquer Summit. And her work has been featured in leading publications such as Entrepreneur.com, Fast Company, and Virgin.com. I'm very excited because uh, Maggie actually helped me with the hashtag legal website. So I can't wait to hear all of her amazing knowledge. So let's go right to the interview. Maggie, welcome to the show. Hey, Mary, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks so much. We're get, we're getting into all forms of rebranding today, which I'm so excited to bring to the audience because I think it's a topic that's on a lot of people's minds. First, though, can you tell us what are some things that you're currently working on? So currently, I am working on a couple things. Number one, with the agency Scoop Studios, we're just working on prepping really, really well for summer because we're going into that season and making sure that clients have what they need. And we've come off a pretty aggressive period of growth. So now we're in the what I call the sustain phase where we just need to get our ducks back in a row, get everyone happy and make sure everything flows along smoothly, um, aka the non-sexy parts of business. And then with small business, we're really focusing on um, our paid community and our free community right now. Yeah, I think summertime is really, I guess it gets people manage their schedules differently depending on what type of business they have. Yes, totally. (laughs) Okay, so jumping right into rebranding. So what does it mean to rebrand? I want to level set everyone on what that means to begin with. So here's, you know, with my total copywriter hat on, I think we hear about rebranding from the perspective of we think about like it's a new logo or a new color palette, new fonts, new website. But really, we need to back up the bus here. So people go, oh, I'm rebranding. And then I start talking to them. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you're revamping your visual identity. But 
when we talk about rebranding, it's not just the the visual element, it's the messaging, it's the how we interact with customers, it's what's that customer experience. You really need to think of your brand holistically and be like, okay, what is our messaging and how do we communicate with people? Um, how do we serve our customers? How do we look and feel? How do we make sure that all of those bits and pieces for the brand are consistent and not confuse that visual identity as the only part of our branding. So what are the different pieces that you consider? It would be visual. Yeah. So I would say like to keep it, you know, for the audience of this podcast, I would really look up kind of three things is the messaging and the content and the copy and how you communicate with your audience. And then the second part would be the actual visual part of the brand, which is the way we communicate um, without words. The visual so, so important because it happens so much than the written word. And then that third part, I think, to back up your brand is how do you live that brand's promise on a day-to-day basis in everything you do with your clients and your customers? Okay. So last year you went through a rebrand for your business. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So when we created Small Business Boss, um, we basically extrapolated from the existing agency brand. And what we quickly identified is we're like, oh, this feels like a bad pair of pants. Like we just, it didn't (laughs) feel right. Um, the messaging was there, but our visual identity was totally wrong for it. It was too soft. It was too feminine. And small business boss <laughs> is pretty bold. So I was like, oh, my gosh. It so, is, yeah. <laughs> so we really, we spent some time on the messaging and just updating and making sure that was all aligned. And, I mean, that was very easily done because that's what we do. Um, but then we worked with our designer, Jessica, to completely revamp the visual identity and really make sure that kind of the way we looked and feel matched with how we communicate and how we serve our clients. We had just like this mismatch. And I think that's something to really watch for for people. If you have this, if you feel, oh, it's just disconnected, it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And just be, you know, be patient sometimes to grow into it. So for us, we really went through the process of what is, what does this look and feel? You know, what kind of words do we use? What kind of images do we use? And really making sure that it, it really lived up to the promise of being bold and unapologetic. And um, I think mission accomplished, we use very bright colors. Yep. (laughs) And uh, non-conventional fonts, and you would never look at the brand. Oh, yeah, that's really girly. (laughs) Right. You wouldn't. So you, you go through the whole profile, then it's almost like starting, starting at the beginning of going into the customer avatar who you're really speaking to and that whole process, right? Cause we really dug into looking at like at the very beginning, we were like, okay, so who are the people we serve? What, what do they value? Mm-hmm. What do they want to see from us? What do they connect? And we talked a lot to our existing clients who brand to really understand like why they choose us, why do we why do we stand out in the first place? And then amplify that. So, you know, we heard a lot of things like we really like that you're not um, aligned with the girl boss messaging. Not that there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with that messaging, mm-hmm. but it's not what our brand is about. So we were like, okay, so how can we play off that? How can we do a 180 from that and really, you know, do more of what makes us stand out versus trying to be like, oh, we're gonna play it a little safe we're still going to be a little pink or mm-hmm. whatever the case is. Uh, because that that's not that counterpoint was really important to our clients so we were like okay let's do this let's make this as bold as we can and really really run with that yeah that's awesome so then what are some of the mistakes that you see people make with rebranding uh, <laughs> the biggest 
there, there's so many, Mary. I could, <laughs> this could be like a 10 part episode, but I think there's a few the top um, ones. Number one is trying to come up with a brand before, like a, like a really like pro brand and really investing in their branding before they know enough about their customers, before they know enough about their product and everything else. Like mm. investing heavily in branding before you've, you know, really were done the work business and made sure it's viable and, and had that kind of time life learning from what's happening in the business, really, really challenging. And I think that that can lead to a lot of wasted money and frustration in a brand that, again, it feels like a pair of shoes or a pair of pants or whatever. It, it's like you're wearing Spanx that are like three sizes too small. It's just not good. So there's that. And then the second thing I see is kind of what we were talking about off the top is people will do the visual part of the brand and miss out on the messaging and the, you know, content and everything else piece of it. And then they don't do the back end piece where they're actually like living up to that brand's promise for their customers. You can have the best, most attractive brand in the world, but if the message is off or the customer experience is off, your brand is going to end up being broken. So with that, you know, maybe maybe sometimes for people, it's they struggle with making the decision of who they're talking to. They might be afraid that they're going to lose followers or, you know, not have as big of an audience as they have right now. What would you say to those people if they're thinking that? Oh, Mary, I love that you asked this question because this is especially when you talk about things like email lists or like we get really attached to the numbers and my take on it is pretty simple. There is no point in talking to the wrong people because the wrong people aren't going to be, you're not going to be able to serve them. They're not going to buy from you. They're not going to be there for you. So having, you know, 10,000 people who are eh, not really the right fit versus 2000 people who are the perfect fit, you really need to think about like, who do I actually really want to serve? And why am I so attached to that specific outcome? And I think the thing you have to just remember is Every time you kind of evolve in your business, there's people that aren't going to come with you and that's okay because you're going to have room for more people to come with you of the right people. And um, yeah, business is a numbers game, but ultimately it's a numbers game of the right people, not just, you know, a, a vanity metric. So do you recommend that people, they do more research? I mean, you said even during that that growth phase or learning more about understanding who they're who they're talking to, what are some ways that they could go about that? Yeah. So I think there's a few things is number one, look at the customer you have today, look at the clients you have today and talk to them. You can survey them, you can speak to them, you can interview them, like actually talking to people and understanding what they're thinking and not making assumptions is really important. And this is something like as a copywriter, I do a lot. What are the exact words your customers are using? Those exact words can really give you that jumping off point for your content, for your website, blog about, for what you podcast about, you know, what kind of color, you know, approach and colors and fonts you want, like starting with that, really that heart of the customer and digging a couple layers deeper than like, Hey, I think they live in Chicago in the suburbs and they have 2.5 kids and they like Oprah. That's really, really surface. It doesn't tell you anything. So going deeper and actually knowing your customers. And like, I go so far as to name my mm -hmm. customers. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, we have two types of customers, this one and this one. Um, and I think that it, the more you can humanize that and understand what they really, really want and make take it from theoretical to, you know, real life, it will make a huge difference in everything you're doing. Yeah, I have a customer name for the underwear for brief transitions. <laughs> yeah, and you so, should. Because, yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, like, our, I can't, she's on my bulletin board, but I packed my bulletin board. So I haven't looked at her lately because we're moving. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
but yeah, the, the reminder to have it right there in front of you and to know who you're talking through, so talking to so that you can be successful at all parts of it, messaging and copy, just like you said. Yeah. And I think just having like that, like I have it physically printed in my office so that when I'm working on something, I feel like I'm losing the plot. I can go over and go like, Hey, does this really this person? Oh wait, it really does not. This is wrong. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Then <laughs> have them like staring you in the face <laughs> so that you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So have you ever seen situations where someone might have to rebrand unexpectedly versus rebranding in advance or like having it planned? And if so, is there a difference between the two? I think so. I think, you know, you can have like the, hey, once I'm 18 months in my business, I'm going to invest in, you know, having a pro level website, I'm going to get pro level copy, you know, I'm going to get these different brand elements I need. There's there's kind of the, I have a plan for how this is going to roll out. And then there's the unexpected, oh, wait a second, we have a trademark violation. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, and I'm sure yeah. Jane love this one. But I mean, yeah. I actually had this, uh, I, this, this actually happened to me from a brand point of view. I created my signature course back in 2015. And like, I just didn't think that anyone would be using that trademark. And then after I launched the course, I went and did a search and I went, Oh my God. Mm. And then I went and talked to my lawyer at the time. And she was like, yeah, you need to change your course name. And like, yeah, changing the course name sounds insignificant, but it was its own brand. All the visual identity had to change. Um, the video, the screens on 40 video, the beginning screens on 40 videos, like that was a very expensive lesson that I will never repeat. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's, yeah, the trademark thing. That's exactly what I was thinking of too. Like if someone rebrands unexpectedly, it's usually because of, because of trademark. Yeah. I think the other thing is too, like if you have, you know, I, this isn't a secret. I, I had my business partner leave last year. Like if our brand had been different and really like played off our names or something, I would have changed the name. The Brittany Maggie agency. Well, there's no more Brittany. Oh, this is awkward. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like half is missing. Yeah. So then I think this, that's the other thing is I think you need to think of your brand. Like, can the brand exist beyond me? That's, I Mm. I can see that when a business owner struggle with that a lot, I think. Yeah. To have it be, to have it be them or to have it be like another name you mean, right? Because I see that too. Some people, some people operate under their name and other people operate, yeah, under a separate business name. So you wouldn't know if it was them or not. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have another question. We ask everyone that comes on the show. What is something that you used to fear in your business, but you don't anymore? Oh, I used to be super scared of money in my business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Aren't we all? (laughs) Yeah. See, I'm getting choked up thinking about it. I think for me, like just, it was so tied into my personal money mindset issues. And I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, money mindset, money mindset. It feels so dumb, but it's so like, I think we can't talk about this enough as business owners. So I used to be really scared of my business money. I used to not want to look at my accounts. I used to not want to take my stuff account. I didn't really want to know how the business was doing because I was like, well, I'm getting paid. That's good enough. And as my business grew and got a little more complicated, I had to get more hands on with the numbers. And what's so interesting is, you know, the process of my business partner leaving and she was in charge of the money. So that forced me Mm. in the best possible way to get really intimate with my numbers. And now I look at my banking information every morning and I I feel really good about it because I can see like, hey, we have this much in the savings account. Hey, this is where the visa is at. Um, this These are the payments that we received. To have the actual factual data 
really removes the fear. And I think it's just getting over that hump of being like, oh my gosh, this is scary for me. And being like, no, it doesn't have to be scary. I'm going to take control of this and I'm going to be the boss of this. Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's something that I've struggled with before. I know a lot of people struggle with. So the fact that you were able to work past that, that's that's fantastic. And can I add just one more thing on that is looking at the business money as the business money and not getting in your head a personal story about what it means. Things like cash flow issues in a business are normal. Late payments are an issue. It doesn't mean you're doing business wrong. It means you're facing very real business problems. To that, you would say it's really a matter of setting up your systems and making sure that you actually look at everything, right? Yeah, because it's really easy to lose track of a payment or it's really easy to make sure, you know, have someone not get paid or whatever the case is. I had a case this past week where someone paid me in the wrong currency. If I had not looked at my stuff, I probably, like it would have been like 30 days later. And I was like, hey, client, you actually paid me in Canadian funds when you're supposed to pay me in US. And I mean, that was a $500 difference. So you bet I was on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a big thing. So amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That's I think a lot of people struggle with that. So and and I have too, like I said, so I'm happy to hear from someone else that shares that. Okay, can you please tell us where we can find you. So the best place to find me is over at smallbusinessboss.co or the Small Business Boss podcast, whichever you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure it's there. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate your time and your insight. Maggie's a rock star. I knew it. I knew it before. Totally is. I knew it again. She gave some really awesome information. Rebranding is stressful, but I feel like she made it a lot more manageable. Super stressful. And, you know, I think people get confused sometimes about what does it actually mean to rebrand? Like, are you really rebranding or are you just kind of refreshing your messaging in some Mm -hmm. way? So I love that she broke all that down, too. Very cool. We'd love to hear if you've ever gone through a rebrand or if you consider what Maggie said with a refresh. Um, And we'd love to hear talk more and continue our branding conversation in the Facebook group, the Fearless Business Podcast HQ. If you're not already a member, please join us. And um, if you are, please make sure and tell us all about your branding stories. Thanks and see you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.